With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast. Your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, episode 451. Oscar Lopez in the house. We'll have a great show today. Two hours jam-packed as we're talking WNFC, WFA playoffs, uh, especially this weekend with the WNFC semifinals in Utah and over in Atlanta. We're going to dive into that with the backseat coach, a.k.a. Mark Simone, in the second hour. Coach Terry Lister will be in the house as well. And then we have the array of information from the European scene as DBL1 in Germany gets kicked off, as well as we'll have the clash of clashes in Sweden as the Karlstad Crusaders will be taking on the Copenhagen Raptors. And in Finland, another clash of clashes, the Turku Trojans will be taking on uh, the Helsinki Wolverines. So big class matches over there. And then we're also going to dive into the NWFL in the UK. Uh, two great matchups uh, this weekend. So everything that's happening in the sport, you know where to go, where to be on the best network on the planet, of course. That is the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. That is the place to be. Get everything that's happening in the sport, including the 25,000K passing yards uh, uh basically achieved by Allison Cahill this weekend of the Boston Renegades. Huge milestone as well. Um, So uh, shout out to Allison Cahill. You can follow her on IG now at AKLQB7. So check it out there. You can go to the Boston Renegades on Instagram to get the latest information on them. And today we're going to have two special guests, uh, two uh, talented athletes, uh, one of uh, WFA Pro and the other one of the D2 division. Uh, we're going to have the talented and world champion gold medalist Lexi Floor of the D.C. Divas. She's going to be here talking the WFA playoffs for the D.C. Divas. Also going to be introducing and uh, giving us the lowdown on what's happening with her apparel uh, brand, pro uh, brand, hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, and so she'll be diving into that and, uh, you know, where she's headed after football, I presume. That's one of the moves that most players will make. Plus we'll have T. Singleton the running back of the Oklahoma City Lady Force, uh, the best team probably in D2 right now, and an awesome upgrade from D3 to D2 success story, kind of like the Nevada Storm. Um, so she's going to give us her take on, you know, the 2023 season for them and now the focus to the road to Canton for the uh, WFA playoffs and the national championship to arrive there as well. So uh, two awesome guests coming up here. We're also going to dive into uh, some of the key matchups for the WFA bracket. And this year alone and every year that we have covered the sport on our podcast, uh, the Massey ratings have a tendency to sting somebody. And I, I don't mean a bee sting, but I mean a sting. 
So a lot of teams, based on where they end up, some undefeated teams, and you would not think that that would happen, but some undefeated teams, based on the Massey strength of schedule and some of the factors that are calculated into the Massey ratings, uh, we end up having a very, very disappointed group of people, <laughs> especially in the WFA D3 realm of things. Uh, not so much in D2 and not so much in the pro division, but overall pretty much in the uh, lower uh, Division three bracket of it. So we're going to dive into that as well uh, in the second hour with Mark Simone and Coach Terry Lister on some of the teams that should have deserved to get in based on, you know, their record, but based on Massey, just weren't deserving of it. So uh, some, uh, an example was like last year, it was the uh, New York knockout. And this year, it seems like the Orlando Anarchy are going to be that team that does not make the playoffs, even though they finished undefeated for the season. So if you want to you know, dive in, you're going to have to hang out with us for a little bit until we dive into that. But uh, overall, uh, an exciting matchup of games in Week 8 in terms of the WFA. Uh, we had uh, Pittsburgh uh, in Pittsburgh, 32-12. to 12. Pittsburgh played a pretty decent game uh, in, in Pittsburgh uh, against the Boston Renegades probably the lowest uh, output for the Boston Renegades in, in eight weeks. Uh, then we had, uh, we're going to talk to Alexi here in a couple minutes here. We're going to have the 53-0 to zero <laughs> destroyed the Detroit uh, Venom. And Detroit is not the same team of last year. It's been struggling all the year uh, to put up points. And this year, uh, defensively, they just couldn't hold on to anything. So 53-0, kind of a statement game for D.C. coming off that big Pittsburgh win in week seven. Now we have, uh, you know, this, this big, big uh, output, and uh, hopefully they will maintain that output. And we're going to talk to Alexi here against their rivals, the Boston Renegades. And then Tampa Bay rebounds 39-6 to against Miami. We had Alabama 36-14 against Atlanta. That was a pretty good matchup there. Uh, St. Louis continues its onslaught 49-6 to against DCD. Uh, Cali 32 uh, 35-32, they fall to Minnesota, which is a shocking game. But you, if you're able to watch it on the Women's Sports Network, uh, you're, you'll be able to see the outcome there. So pretty good. Uh, Cali was up for a while, and then uh, Minnesota musters back and, and, and gets that win, 35-2. to uh, A must win for Minnesota, not so much for Cali Ward, but must win for Minnesota, and they, they get the job done. Then Nevada finishes strong, 42-7 uh, to uh, over a uh, – Mile High Blaze team that has been slipping in the last three weeks, especially after that loss to the New Mexico Benitas. So that really hurt them. Uh, Houston, uh, Houston 58-0, kind of like the Divas, ready to roll for the playoffs here. Arlington does rebound and edges uh, Zydeco Spice 22-14. to Our Arlington season has been very rough this year. Uh, then in D2, the New York Wolves 62-0 uh, to over the New York Knockout. Then we have Baltimore. 57-0 over Tri-State. Uh, OKC Lady Force, as we're going we're gonna to talk to D Singleton here in a couple minutes as well. 84-0 uh, to against uh, Oklahoma Rage. Just destroyed them. Uh, Nebraska, 38-12. to Shout out to uh, Mackenzie Brooks and her team for the nice win in the playoffs. And then Sun City, 32-18 to against Rocky Mountain Thundercats. So that's some of the scores there. You can get all the score breakdowns at WFAProFootball.com, WFAProFootball.com. And so uh, the WFA Week 8, that's the uh, end result of some of the key games. But like I said, you get all the results there at WFAProFootball.com. So the, bra the WFA bracket is set. We are going to have pretty much the matchups 
now set for uh, this coming, uh, I believe it's the next week or two. And so we'll, set, we'll get that set up for you. Um, and we'll kind of dive in with Mark Simone and Coach Terry Lister on where everybody's going to sit, the opportunity, and who's going to edge what. Um, at the beginning of the season, we said, you know, uh, Divas could go one and five or they can go three and three. And so at this point, they went three and three. And based on their tough schedule that they had all season, uh, Massey's obviously has awarded them the playoff spot. So that was uh, really nice. And, uh, and so now it's the tough road. They will have to face, uh, you know, the champions to get through the next round if they want to arrive in Canton for a national championship. So really tough. Uh, don't forget, guys, our podcast is sponsored by Zazzle.com. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get everything you can right there, tees, leggings, and gifts, including uh, Marvel, Disney, and Star Wars. Uh, if you don't uh, incline not to buy anything from us, no big deal. You can save up to 15% off with Zazzle Thanks, or you can use a higher code if it's available. They have worldwide shipping. They also have Zazzle Black for the United States, so it's about 10 bucks. If you get that in, in the U.S., you get free shipping for 12 months. So uh, if you're inclined to go to the shop, go to the shop, No Joke Football Shop, at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. All right, we're going to get into the Zazzle huddle, and uh, we're going to go into the huddle talking to the talented and gold medalist winning wide receiver of the DC Divas, and that would be Miss Lexi Floor. And I'll bring her on right now. Hi, Lexi. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. No problem. How you doing? A little sore? I'm good. Yeah, you know, I got stepped on. You know how it is. Mac truck Monday and then the Tuesday carries over, right? I got stepped on a few times, but I'm good other than that. All right. Uh, blue blue toes and got to ice them up and get ready, I guess. <laughs> yep, you know how it is. You, you know, you try to take, like, a couple extra moves and then someone hits you in some kind of way. But I, that was a great game. I, I had a lot of fun, though, so I can't complain. Well, uh, Lexi, uh, we know, and Amanda, your quarterback, was on us all year because we had predicted a 1-5 to five ending or a 3-3 three to three ending. So uh, we weren't far off, I guess, but a 3-3 three three is, is, is ideal. And, it, and you guys had a really tough schedule all season from week one to week eight. Yeah, you know, uh, I hear it from Amanda, too. She's very passionate. Um, but yeah, we had some, some harsh critics. We had a really hard schedule. Uh, we, we started out with some rookies, you know, I think we had more rookies than we had vets this year. So we was teaching people football and the scheme as well at the same time. So, I mean, I think that's the the struggle usually with women's tackle football, you know, you, you, you're teaching people from the ground up for the most part and every year it could be different. And every year you, you have the, you know, the same struggle, you kind of have to barrel through it again. So I think that we're growing as a team. I mean, I think that shows throughout the season. I think that we've we've come a long way. We've we've had new coaches, new staff too. So, which we're gelling together more as a team. And I think that that's what this journey took. Sometimes defeat helps you come together. And I think we experienced that in the first couple, first part of our season. So, we've come, definitely come together. And I mean, I think it shows. Lexi. Uh... The the season was very productive in a lot of ways, like you're saying here. Uh, you know, started off a little slow, and then obviously you get Boston, and Boston's kind of like an awakening, right, <laughs> for some of the rookies and even the vets. <laughs> when you go up against Boston, it's like it's a reality check. It's like this is this is what we're up against. Um, but, you know, you guys are no strangers to Boston, in other words, yourself, uh, with prior seasons. 
Yeah, you know, every time we come up against Boston, it's it's like Boston, you know, but I think it's it's um a mindset at the end of the day, you know, when we when rookies are facing them the first time and we're all sitting on the bus together and we're like, "Hey, you know, we're about to go, you know, to Boston and you guys know what that means and, you know, keep you know, keep your head up, keep the strength, you know, and the in, you know, numbers and make sure that you pull your sister up after she's been knocked down, you know. But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, they're just, they put on their pants the same way, right? Like, it's just, I think that they've been put on this, this pedestal and it's, it's this mindset of we're going to Boston, we got to drive up there or they're coming here, you know, what are we going to do? But, at, you know, like I'm saying, at the end of the day, it's just a group of girls who have been gelling together for a, a while. And I mean, they have played some really great football, so you've you got to take your hat off to them, right? Like, a, utmost respect to the, the women who play for Boston and I played with some of them on the Team USA and they're some of my favorite people so every time we come through in the line and we're slapping hands I'm like hey good to see you or like hey number you know 85 you suck or you know so um, I mean it's always a good time I, I definitely think that they've been you know obviously winning back to back for a while now so they've been put on a mental pedestal for most people but um, I don't think that it's a summit that is is un, we're unable to reach. I think it's something that is definitely within reach. Yeah, and I think you guys have played them probably the best. Your 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 squad has played them the best all season versus everybody else in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, that's up to you guys, like you said, to kind of make adjustments and, and make it competitive. So, and then Amanda knows, you know, what Boston's all about. So you got to score, you got to <laughs> score, right? If you don't score, you're going to be done. It's literally how it works. Yeah, you know, playing Boston's a little bit like a flag game. It goes back mm-hmm. and forth for a while. You kinda, if you don't get that chance to score when, when you have that chance, then, you know, you're like, oh, crap, well, we lost our opportunity. And you know every drive that they're going to come through, you know, with, with the heat. So you want to make the most of your opportunity when you're coming down the field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say that, you know, we brought it to them the best that we could this <laughs> looking at the score from our last games and, um, you know, looking at our track record of this season and how we've been able to develop, I think it's it's not hard to say that this will be a really great game. So I think that we're, we're coming to Boston with a team that we didn't play with them last time. I mean, we're developing past what we were last time, so I think that we'll put up a, a fight. I think it'll be something to see. Yeah, and, and I think all the fans are excited about it because this is kind of like the the marquee matchup of the Women's Football Alliance in terms of its history, right? Um, we had Chicago-San Diego. We had Chicago-Pittsburgh in the past. But, you know, in terms of, like, the last t- 10 years or 10 years or so, it's been D.C.-Boston, basically the two franchises that are staples for the WFA. Yeah, we definitely have a history. And when I joined the Divas, we had been coming off that, uh, that high of being the championship team. I came in 2019. I came from Utah. I played for the Utah Falcons. And um, and so I came, I kind of walked into that drama. You know, when you have friends and they have beef with someone else and you're like, okay, I guess we have beef now too, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, I walked into that afterwards and um, I obviously could feel uh, the rivalry, which is so fun. I think that that's what makes sports you know, so much fun to play is that you come in and you have these expectations and you're trying to beat somebody else with the competitiveness. Um, so I really enjoyed that. 
and I think that we always work to be the best that we can be, and we know that they are the champions of, you know, back-to-back, so they are the, the team to beat, and they're always on our radar, and they're always something we're, we're planning towards, and and so, yeah, I mean, I think that we're all really excited for uh, the 24th. Yeah, and I think it's uh, I think it's a matter of, like, when when do you want to uh... – you know, when do you, when, how, how well do you want to match up against them? It's literally the case. You know what I mean? It's a, it's how well do you want to match up against them? You know, it's, it's hard to, well, I mean, we're completely different teams. Well, I mean, they've been playing together for, you know, a while. We have a bunch of new players and, and we're trying to work, you know, some college athletes into this, this post-college um playing for women's tackle football, you know, the pro pro tackle football and, and trying to get them into the mindset of this is what, you know, life is after college sports or this is what you can work towards now and we can get better together. And um, it's it's hard to say that the the matchup is completely the same. I think that that, that goes for any team, right? Like there's uh, different struggles. There's different types of new teams or different dynamics or Frankensteins of different teams. So we've come together, and we're obviously a, coming off of, uh, I think, the last time the, the Divas won back-to-back. Was it 2017 or 2016, 2017? And we're uh, been new since, you know, since then and rotating out different players and stuff. And, I mean, I can't speak for, for Boston, but when it comes to a matchup, I think that we are the underdog, you know, the last, you know, since then, since 2017, 2018. So when we come into it, it's, you know, we're we're here to fight. We have, we have nothing to lose. You know, if we win, or we, we we've taken down the back-to-back champs, so they have they have everything to lose, and and we have everything to gain. So I think we come into it with that mindset of like, here we go. We're about to battle. We're the underdog, and uh, so the matchup. I I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be great. I think that I mean we have a different style of team, um, but I think that we have a great opportunity in our hands. Now, uh, Lexi, you've been very successful. Year, season after season after season to get to the playoffs. You were also, you know, you came from a, you know, high high level uh, winning team in Utah. Um, how much longer will Lexi Floor play? <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I'm not done yet. That's all I can say. I I don't know when the end of my journey is going to be. I've been playing. Let's see. If we count the 2020 season, this will be my eighth year playing football. So, I mean. I think people want to bring in a decade at least, and then I'll, you know, <laughs> assess how my body feels after that. But uh, I've been through, you know, broken ribs, broken fingers, concussions, uh, like you name it, right? Broken toes. So, um, at what point do we say like, okay, I can handle like this level of arthritis at the time that I'm this old, or you know, whatnot? But um, I don't know. I think that a part of me transitioning into possible retirement is protagonist, right? I think that uh, it's a way for me to still continue to give back to the community and at the same time still be involved in, in some type of way and with uh, women's athletics and, you know, male-dominated sports and stuff like that. Um, but I was a coach for the Girls Tackle Football League when I was in Utah um, for like 10 to 12-year-olds, and that was extremely rewarding. Uh, just being able to teach those girls what I know and, you know, what level they could get to and that there was actual path for them that they could go through in order to, you know, play the sport. Like there was a, an actual 
path for them. I think when I was younger, I was, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13. I was like, I really want to play football. I think that'd be so fun. And everyone just told me that's a, you know, that's a boy sport. There's really no space for you here. So it was um, exciting for me to give back in that way. And so this apparel company, and I know we'll probably touch on it a little bit later, but um, is a way for me to create a community where I can give back to women in sports or women in male-dominated sports and still feel really passionate about being a part of that culture. Yeah, and I think that's something where everybody has to drive through, right? Like you have to have some sort of alternative at some point, and at some point your mental state has to say, what am I doing next, right? Because you give out, like you said, the wear and tear on your body is going to come becomes a reality at some point, and then at, th- at that point, you know, it, it's it's really a reality about uh, sustainability, right, personally. And so, I mean, is this something that you you kind of sat down and kind of like, okay, this this is what this is what came to mind in terms of uh, creating the apparel brand? Yeah, I'm a, an extremely competitive person. So if I'm not competing in football, it'll be definitely be something else, whether that's you know CrossFit or anything else, right? But this um, this community of of women playing in sports and uh, you know college athletes or you know even athletes who are training to become better or play at a high level, um, it's, it's a really soft spot for me because I went through high school and a part of my my actually my first year in, in playing football kind of being the second or third string and benched for the most part, you know, until I had to really work at it. So this apparel company that I'm creating, it's still pretty new. It's, I'd say it's about a month old, right? So it's brand new. But uh, it's a, a way for me to set a, a mentality, right? It's, it's I think all sports and all things that you can accomplish in life are a part of a mentality. And that mentality comes with, you know, having the best out put for you in mind. So being like your your main character, right? I know that's like overused and oversaid, but being the hero of your own story, right? You're the protagonist. Having you as the where my apparel brand is was born out of that that thought process of always say to yourself that things work out in your favor and work as hard as you can and do whatever you need to do in order to get better at what you want and fight for your goals. So I think that I had to do that in football. I mean, I didn't know much about football when I first started. I was really trash. I spent the – Utah went to the championship the first year that I played with them, and I didn't even break a sweat that game. I didn't touch the field once. So I came off of that game thinking, all right, now i got to change my mindset to, like, I'm here to play. I'm here to make people change their defense for me. So I'm here to, to figure out what I can do to, to, to be the best that I can be in order to know that I can leave this this game eventually thinking that I'm, I'm the best that I could have been here, you know? So when you say I'm, if I'm going to retire, like I don't think I'm the best that I'm going to be yet. So I'm going to keep working and keep fighting and keep training and uh, keep passing on my knowledge and my tips and tricks so that I can, you know, hopefully pave a way for younger girls and, and women to, to also play in football or whatever higher sports that they want. No, and, and and to your point, it is a mindset because, you know, you have to get uh, uh, ready for another challenge, right? Because football is one challenge, and then you get to business. you got all the challenges in business, and God knows, I, you know, everybody can relate to you at some point because starting up a, a small business is some losses. you got to 
set suppliers, you got to do marketing. Uh, it's just a lot more things that you have to kind of d- dive in. And then it also it has to do with obviously generating revenue and losing and all that other stuff. So it, it becomes, you know, not I wouldn't say a headache, but it has become a challenge because now you got to get people around you, networking, right, partners, things like that. So there's a lot of things that you can't control on that end. Like on the football field, you can control pretty much, you know, your stance, but, you know, the 11 other people have to do their job. And so in business, it's the same concept, right? You get some partners or you get some nice support system uh, with, you know, partners that can get you out there in, in terms of the business space. Um, the logo for the brand, is is that, did you come up with that? Or was it something that was somebody else uh, recommended to you in terms of the, the actual, you know, logo for the actual brand? Yeah. So um, I do marketing for my day job. And um, I have a degree in uh, fine arts also, as well as animation and logo design and videography. So I'm basically doing all of my marketing and my uh, design myself. So I created this peach. Um, it's a, a juicy peach. It's a dripping peach. Um, out of the idea that uh, when I first started playing football, I was I was wearing orange cleats. I was wearing orange high tops, and I was called orange boots a lot or peaches. And I, so I, I was like, you know, when I really started working on myself, uh, people started calling me peaches. And so I I took that mentality and I rolled it into a logo of, you know, the peach tree has a reputation of being a really uh, abominable tree. It goes through all different types of weather and it's still able to produce fruit. And so um, mm-hmm. that logo comes from, you know, being able to weather the storm and changing your mindset to, to get what you want um, and working hard for your dreams. So that's where that the peach comes from. And that symbolizes, I mean, a lot for me in, in, in my football career. And that's obviously where this this clothing brand is, is born out of is my football career. So um, a lot of things in the in this apparel company kind of mirror that. You'll notice this, if I have a jersey on there and it's, you know, 26. And and so it's it's a lot of me. I put a lot of me in this, and it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So and it's I mean it takes a lot out of you. Just like you're saying, a, a small business is not easy. It's hard. I always mm-hmm. take on a challenge. I love to be tested and tried and pushed to my limits, and it's definitely doing that. So another um, networking opportunity, uh, like you were talking about, it's it's a great opportunity to bring people together. Um, and also lean on my my network of you know my football sisters right like I've played for um, AFE team Team USA I've played for you know the Hall of Fame game in, in Vegas and and so it's I've met a bunch of amazing athletes along the way and um, it's it's really cool to to put myself out there and then see other people be like hey I, you know I saw your brand um, it's so cool how you doing uh, I haven't seen you for years you know so. Uh, the, there's nothing like a community of women who are particularly in a male-dominated sport who come together and they're your they're your sisters, you know. So, um, as far as, as networking goes, I'm I'm absolutely ex- thrilled to share protagonists with my my football community and and beyond to other sports and other female athletes. Yeah, and I can relate to you because, like I said. There's a lot of things that have to happen, you know, for the brand to explode. You got marketing to do. You got to put in dollars in the right places to put in dollars. So, uh, a lot of strategic uh, things that have to happen in terms of, you know, getting the brand out there on, especially on the social media space and on on the big, um, 
social media platforms as well. So um, when we saw it, we're like, hey, we've got to share it, right? Got to get her going here because that's what we got to do. We've got to get it out there to, uh, to um, as many people as possible. Um, so what is your line consist of? So if people aren't aware, I haven't gone to um, – it's a protagonist uh, apparel uh, on Instagram. Uh, and so what are the kind of things that you're brewing uh, for, in terms of uh, items? Yeah, uh, you know, I wanted to, to create a line that was comfortable, like athleisure style, and also something that was fashionable at the same time. So I'm designing everything um, until I actually start making money from this company. I'll probably just do it on myself. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously leaning on, like, my wonderful partner, Tab, and, and helping, you know, other people who have reached out to help me, you know, and um, athletes who are wearing my apparel. Um, but it's it's mostly like I have sweats and T-shirts and things that you can wear to work out and also um, pants and joggers and sweatshirts and I have hats, um, you know, five-panel hats and, and beanies and stuff like that, swimsuits. So it comes with a, a wide variety of things that you could possibly wear, comfy stuff, but also stuff that you could work out in and sweat in. Um, I obviously am I'm creating specialty items like, you know, football towels, and I'm looking into making receiver gloves because obviously that's my sweet spot. So, um, you know, eventually one day maybe some kind of cleat. And I'm also looking into, like, you know, number jewelry, like custom jewelry and stuff because um, that's, uh, I think, really popular right now, people wearing, you know, like their, their number on a chain or something. So I think that it's just celebrating people in sport. It's celebrating, you know, an active lifestyle and fitness. Um, I'm, I'm actively trying to get, you know, a, a small group of athletes together from different disciplines, um, like, you know, skateboarders, like skater chicks and, um, you know, rugby and lacrosse and um, all these other sports that women can be in and, and high-level soccer and stuff. Um, if they're not already sponsored, I'm trying to sponsor, um, you know, somebody, whether that means, like, helping them through competition or giving them merch or whatever. So cultivating a community and eventually probably bringing them together and, and collaborating. So, yeah, I have, I have a lot of expectations. I have a lot of things I want to do with this brand. And um, I'm really excited, and I really appreciate, you know, putting helping me with this platform to be able to blast my apparel company and, and move forward with it. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, no problem, Lexi. Anytime. You know that. Um, so we're here for you. Uh, we're here for everybody else included. And so um, it's going to be a little challenge, right, to your set, to your point. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, those challenges uh, mature into profitability, and that's ultimately what we want, uh, profitability, especially on the branding side, and then and getting it out there with the, some of the athletes. Uh, I know it's, you know, depending on who you're using as a source, right, uh, that also gets complicated with costs and stuff like that. So there's a lot of intangibles, but uh, you're a champion and multi-time champion, and so I think, uh, you know, your mindset's there, and you know you're going to have to uh, overcome those checklists, right? Can't get this one done yet, but we can get that one done yet, and that's literally how it uh, how it works in business all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and you're a gold medalist on top of all that, so, you know, you got a, a lot of good positives going for you. Thank you. Yeah, you're so nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a journey for sure, and that's to say the least. Well, um, I think uh, if you were uh, somewhat, uh, what do you call it, uh, the interview was going to be harsh or anything on it. I don't think I made it harsh. It's usually bar style here, so too bad I couldn't uh, supply any alcohol, as they say, because um, we don't do that here. 
But um, I think it's great that you're uh, moving into another realm of your career. I think if everybody's followed you, uh, you've had an excellent career in D.C. You've also, you know, been on the biggest stage, on the IFAB World Championship stage. So, um, you know, the next stage for uh, your apparel brand, we're going to be kind of excited to see how that blossomed out for you and and how it turns out in terms of success because that's what we really want for you. Thank you. Yeah, follow my journey, and uh, I'm really excited about this too. So, I mean, keep you guys posted. All right. So, Lexi, uh, take down Boston. That's what all of us want. Uh, Hopefully that will be the case. That will be the story of 2023 in the WFA. Uh, I know they're listening, but uh, hopefully that's the case, right? That's the plan. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can, and I'll try to make you guys proud. But, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're amped. So it's going to be a good game. All right, Lexi, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. I wish you uh, awesome success with your new brand. Um, can you give us the handles on where to find the brand and so we can get all the fans dived into uh, what you have already on display? Yeah, it's uh, Protagonist Apparel, P-R-O-T-A-G-N-Y-S-T-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. And uh, same thing, protagonistapparel.com. Yeah, check check it out. I mean, if you like something, hit me up. If you're an athlete, let me know. Um, We're always open to expanding our our business and and everything. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. If you have questions, feel free to ask. And thanks again for allowing me to be on here. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Lexi. Thank you again for coming on. I wish you well on the uh, safe travels to Boston. And uh, looking forward to uh, number 26 with a couple TDs, if not the upset in Boston. (laughs) That's what we want. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Have a great night. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, Lexi Floor, the great Lexi Floor of the DC Divas, uh, talking about protagonist uh, apparel, her brand new line. You can go to, on Instagram. Uh, and if you were following us on Instagram at Great Iron Beauties, uh, we ended up sharing that in our stories. And we'll do that uh, after the show here today. We'll kind of get her started there. And then if you guys can click the link there, any uh, questions you have, go direct message her directly at the apparel. She's usually very responsive within a couple minutes, so you're able to get some feedback in terms of what you need. If you can't find something, like you said, obviously they're young. They're just started out. They're able to take feedback so that you guys can get what you need or what you like. Um, and then obviously uh, maybe at some point it's going to mature, and you get to see it right parallel line. So check it out. Don't forget to uh, go to the uh, Instagram page at Protagonist uh, Apparel. And so um, we'll have the link as well over on our uh, page on terms of the podcast page. So check it out there. Um, what a, a matchup that it will be, D.C. versus Boston. We have a superstar, Alexi Floor, taking on Allison Cahill and Adrian Smith. Um, so a really big matchup for the WFA Pro division in terms of the playoff bracket. So looking forward to that matchup in Boston of all things. All right, so we're going to dive into one championship-minded individual to another player that's looking forward to a championship in the D2 level, and that is going to be the talented running back of the Oklahoma City Lady Force, the Force. That would be T. Singleton. How's it going, T? Good. How are you, my guy? How are you? How are we doing, T? You getting ready? You getting hyped? Getting going to Canton? I'm good. I'm good. 
<laughs> yeah? I'm good. I'm good. I'm always ready for that. I know you're no stranger to the playoffs. I know you're no stranger to playoffs. No. This is like you're in Cali War. No. This is this is this is actually the new season for you. Yeah, this is this is a com- whole completely different ball game. Um, this team has welcomed me from day one. Like as soon as I touched the field, it was never a question about if I was welcome here. It was always, oh yeah, yeah, you're 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 with us now. Uh, T, uh, take us back to your journey, Cali to Oklahoma. How do we land in Oklahoma? That's the question. Um, so Coco is the head coach over there, Coach Leonard Bullock. Um, he, I originally started with him with the Kansas City Titans um, my very first year. And so when the Titans disbanded, I was going to play in KC, and then I decided to go to Oak, to go to Cali. So I spent those years in Cali, and then um, things just – I just needed a change. Like, shout out to Cali, but I, I definitely needed a change. I needed to stay closer because, obviously, you know, I live in Kansas City. Um, but it was just – it was a no-brainer to go back with who I originally started with. So I'm like, you know, I had I had been wanting to, you know, get back with him and talk to him about it. But Cali, once I start something, I'm not going to just quit. So I, I needed to finish out what my business there – um, and then once my season was done, I chopped it up with him. He was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So, and it, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a journey. So, T, you've been, you've been following WFA the last two seasons. This is the Nevada storm of two seasons ago. You know, D3 to D2, jumping the gun here, national championship, boom, got another opportunity for another national championship. So, uh, you're no stranger to, you know, play off football for the WFA, but the Lady Force have been no strangers to being successful even before the WFA in terms of a coaching group and, and all that in terms of, you know, the, the team itself in terms of the franchise. So it's not like you're coming into a team that has never been in the limelight or hasn't had success, in other words. No. So um, just like over the last couple of years, like this team has – you know, like they've won multiple championships outside of the WFA. Um, so it's like to see them continuing to thrive, um, like it's, it's special. And I like I I'll, I'll I'll be the first to tell you like I'm lucky and grateful to be a part of this unit because like from defense to offense to coaches, like it's literally a family and everybody feeds off each other. One thing I can say about this team is like I haven't seen it to where we had any issues, and every team has their issues. But as a family, it's kind of like, you know, defense. We Defense helps our offense. Offense helps our defense. And then it's just – it's kind of like a domino effect and every, everybody's there for everybody. And I think that dynamic doesn't exist on every team, and you know that through your history with playing the sport. It definitely doesn't. Um, one thing I will say is we have a, we have a military-style team um, we do everything as a unit. We look, we look, we all look the same. Um, every everybody is on the same page, and that's extremely hard to do, especially when you have, you know, new players coming in. Like I'm just coming in, and I, I ask no questions. I just jumped on board. Whatever they had going on, or however they had things set up, I just went with it. And when you do that, it kind of like every it sets it, you set yourself you set your team up for success. So it's like when that happens, everything just falls in place. 
Now, this team has been primarily a high-scoring team, and we've seen it over the past, and it continues to be that way. Uh, was your running back dynamic, you know, changed a little bit in terms of, uh, in terms of the coaching game plan? Um, I'll be honest with you, no. Um, we, have a, <laughs> we have a very dangerous backfield. It's, it's three of us. Um, EJ is our lead running back. She, is, she has the speed. Um, we have Tay back there. She's all around three feet. And then you just got me, like, the power back. So it's kind of like, you know, we feed off of each other. Like, when we see something off, we'll all just get together with the coaches and talk about what we see. So, like, nothing for me has changed from team to team. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still able to do what I was able to do when I first started to where I was with Cali to where I'm at now. Now, T, uh, if, if you look at the body of work that this team has produced in the last five years and now in the last two years in the WFA, I mean, this is pretty impressive if you think about it. They haven't dropped off, even though this is a brand-new concept and league for them. So uh, if you look at the stat sheet, right, you're looking at, you know, complete shutdown. You know, we're talking about like under 12 points. So defensively, uh, we have a stout bunch. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, defense, let me let me tell you something. My defensive unit, they're going to get it done. Um, it's never a doubt or any questions about um, if they're going to do what they're supposed to do because it's, it's already there. Like, um, like, of course, as a coach, you know, a coach always wants to see you do better and do better. But, you know, the, the stats speak for themselves, and it's kind of like, defense like we can't we can't we can't be where we are on offense without defense like defense literally has won us games and i see the stat sheet sometimes when you go into certain stat sheets right there's three dominant players out of like you know 15 or 20 or 11 or 12 right but okay Mm -hmm. if you look at okc lady force number one offense in d2 number one defense in d2 that is scary Normally you get, you know, high offense, maybe a defense is in the middle of the pack. But we're talking both sides of the ball. And I, my first impression uh, of you guys was, I believe, week two. And I'm like, okay, is Arlington that bad or was Lady Force that good? That was the question, right? And I, the question was, you're that good, literally uh, based on the, the outcome. I'll be honest with you. Um, offense and defense, like, that's off to our coaches. Like, we have a hell of an offensive coach. We have a hell of a defensive coach. So it's kind of like, you know, like we can't, we can't produce without them getting on to us and we're watching film and we're in practice and, you know, we're constantly getting these reps. We are not a team of offensive players and defensive players without our coaching staff. And that, that goes from top to bottom. Now, T, you've, you've been in pro long enough before even pro was a statement, you know, a WFA pro. So to take down Arlington, yeah. and I think Arlington's got an off year because I think uh, their turnover was just bad, and they were usually really good for the last two years. But anyways, you know, that's what it, it is what it is, as they say, the roster, whatever you want to say. And then to go down and take down Dallas as well. I mean, that right there was kind of like two statement games in the whole year. And if you didn't know you guys were for real, I mean, last <laughs> June 10th, 
Boy, 84 points. I mean, I don't know what the coaches were promising you guys after the game, but it must have been steak because you guys have just tore it up. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, we knew from game one to game five we hadn't played our best football. Like, we were nowhere near um, putting up points, getting the defensive stops that we were capable of doing. And honestly, like, every game we felt like we got better. But I'll be honest with you, that Austin game that we played, we were not – we were not – we were not the Lady Force. Like, we, we won that game, but we wasn't happy with the win. So, we definitely took that win personal, and we just – we came back and we worked on things. We had film. Like, we had players in, like, group chats that were talking about things. It's just like, you know, if when one person's off, you got another person right there that's picking you up. So, it's like – like, when I say we feed off of each other, we feed off of each other, and that just comes from the type of coaching staff we have, the military-style team that we have. Like, we do everything on one accordance together. And that's I, I will say this is probably the best team that I've been a part of in my five years of playing. All right, so we'll, we'll just say you guys went out to the bar in Austin and we just weren't ready for that game. <laughs> had to wake up in the third quarter or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Come on, T, be real. You know you got too, too, too many liquids, and it just you guys had to wake up at some point. No, but it was a good game. I, yeah. I, I'll give you credit for that game. Yeah. That was a really good game. Shout out to Austin, right? They played really competitive. Yeah, it was. And, it, uh, yeah, it was. Know. It was a very good game. Um, like I said, it was. It was an ugly win for us. We were glad we got the win to remain undefeated. But you know, for us, we know that our job isn't done. Like we're trying to. We're trying to go all the way. And, and get to Ken. We're not just trying to get to Ken. We're trying to win. Now, uh, tell us about your QBs here. Jeffries, we know about. Uh, it's a three-headed committee here with Slay, uh, Slatten and Rodriguez. But, uh, I mean, this is also a problem, <laughs> whoever you're facing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's dangerous because, you know, you, you can't, you can't really scout the quarterbacks the way that they are. Um, you think they're going to throw, and they're handing it off to us. You think they're going to hand it off to us, and they're running. So it's like it's hard to try and contain something like that. It's, and it's just, you know, like without them, like they run the show. So, of course, we know we have to – we got to be – we got to protect them at all costs. But at the end of the day, like they protect us too. Like if they see something that's off, they're going to make sure they make the adjustments for us. Now, if you look at that stat sheet, uh, T, the quarterback rating, uh, unless it's an error, everybody's under 40. Normally you you expect a quarterback rating of 159 or 4. So I don't know if the math is off here, but uh, either either way, uh, I mean, it's three of them. So it's like who do you you plan for is the word at this point. So that makes it even worse. All right. Um, then yeah, it, if I go down the list, I'm gonna give your I'm gonna give your defense some props here. We got to talk about that because to me, offensively, you're great. I, I think that's fine, but I mean, you're talking about like Sabria Irby, all right? The amount yes, of just yes, oh my God, you know what I mean? And then you got uh, Heather Dorsey, another stout yes. out, Sade Roberts, okay, uh, and then you got uh, Chelsea Taylor, right? Oh my God! It's like I mean yeah. I can go down the list. Here. So uh, I don't know if you want to meet any of these people in an alley because they're that good right now. <laughs> it's, the stat sheet's that good. You know what I mean? The four that you named off are 
you know. And like, they're all nice girls, by the no way. That's way what you're going to tell me, right? They're all nice girls. They're not like bullies <laughs> or anything. <laughs> hey, hey, they're, they, 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 they got a heart. They got a heart. They got a heart. I will say um, I don't want to get tackled by them. These are some dogs. Um, but we, we, got a, we, got some, we got some dogs on our team, and they set the tone for defense. Like, when things go left, they get each other they, – they, they hold each other accountable, and that's the difference with our defense and our offense. Like, we always make sure we hold each other accountable. If offense sees something that defense is doing, we can tell them. If defense sees something that offense is doing, we can tell them. So it's just about, you know, we, we can hold each other accountable and not have any issues. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about this team. Yeah, and I, I forgot about Amber Chennault, so sorry, Amber. Forgot about Amber Chennault, too. <laughs> hey, she's going to get you for that. <laughs> Seriously, I apologize. But, uh, yo, man, it's just, this, is, this, is a bunch of, this is a good bunch of gr- – uh, I've seen them on film already, seen you guys on film already. Uh, like I said, I have to give you guys defensively the credit, not, not that the offense doesn't deserve it, but uh, this is the heart and soul of the Lady Force. And, I mean, this is a, a, a really good uh, defense. They get to the ball. They're going to pressure you, uh, and, and the stat sheet shows that. I mean, they're able to, you know, penetrate. So, uh, I mean, thank God you're on the other side with the same jersey because that would be not good. <laughs> yeah, I hear people talk about, um, you know, dark side, the dark side of defense. Like, I never really seen it until I got to this team. Like, seeing how this team, our defensive players rally to the ball, Mm, yeah, I don't think I want to play on another team and then have to play against them. I'll, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it just shows, like I said, it's, it's very rare. You've been in the game long enough. I mean, I'm, I'm a media guy, but, you know, when you go to Hosted and look at the stat sheet, right, it's very rare. you you got like three, three people out of, you know, 22 that are making a difference on the game, right? And here, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at like, I don't know, a bunch of 12, like, like the dozen. It's like a dozen players on this stat sheet with a, a combined combined yardages of over 20, if not 17 or 20. Yeah. And that, that right there tells you yeah. a lot. You know, that's like, that's like yeah. destruction like I said, that, mode. That, that comes down from the coaches. And when it comes down from the coaches, it goes to the captains. When it goes to the captains, it goes to the rest of us. It starts with our coaches. <laughs> Yeah, let's just tell, and let's give another shout out, Jasmine Guy. I mean, past deflections. Yes. I mean, this 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 yes. woman is either hungry for the ball or she's just angry every game because she's not getting the ball. We gonna say it's both. That's donut for you. She she's a ball yeah. hawk. She's a ball hawk. Um, you know, we got a lot of those on our team, but you know, she's one that's gonna stand out. Um, she's the smallest person on the field when she's out there on defense, but got the biggest heart. And you, you, can't, you can't tell me any difference about her. It's just, just, it's just incredible. That's the reason I wanted to bring you on, because this is a deserving team that needs to be spotlighted. And then if you start looking at the body of work, like I said, even before the WFA, you know, this, this team is on the rise on the biggest stage, which is the WFA. And now we're at that, at that mm-hmm. stage now where – you know, you guys get an opportunity to arrive in all places, Canton, which is deserving, I guess, for this franchise. If you look at it in terms of the body of work, the ownership, the coaches, right? This is the opportunity to yeah. finally uh, hoist a trophy at at the biggest stage in terms of the uh, lore of football. Yeah, and for us right now, like 
we are taking it one step at a time. Um, we're as excited as we are. We're trying not to look forward. We're literally just one game at a time, focus on the task at hand. Once we get that checked off, then we'll move on to the next one, move on to the next one. Like that's that's just the structure of our team. No, and that's the way it should be because, I mean, reality is reality, right? you got to just be able to focus on who your next opponent is. So if you're Sun City um, – if they're listening to us, um, I guess, what do you say? They're, they're, they got the work cut out for them. That's literally what we have to say at this point if you're Sun City uh, because they, they got to be able to, you know, uh, overcome the number one defense and the number one offense in, the, in Division Two. So welcome to the dance is the word for them. Welcome to the dance. <laughs> Yeah, no comment. Um, we just, we, we as a team, we're just going to do what we're supposed to do. We got to do our job um, and and focus on us. Like, we'll we'll take care of business. We'll watch film. But um, as a whole, we know what we have to do. We know what we're capable of doing. We know what we have to stop. All right. So scenario T, which we like to do here in terms of media people, scenario T. Scenario T is... <laughs> You move on, and then you get two teams that basically uh, are hungry as well. So you get Nebraska, who put up 12 points against you, or it's going to be that Austin rematch of 14 to 9. Mm-hmm. I think we want that Austin rematch. Mm-hmm. We definitely want that Austin rematch. Um, like I said, that game, we were, we were not happy. We were not satisfied with that win, but we took it. Um, it wasn't pretty, but... You know, second time around, second time is time. We don't need a third. We just need a we just need a second. So it's going to be interesting because that's the bracket you guys are in. You, it's you against Sun City. If you know, lo and behold, you get past Sun City, it's going to be Nebraska or Austin, and both of them played you pretty tough. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, they would love nothing to take you down in the second round, one step to the to the championship, if that's an incentive for them. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that's what anybody, you know, right now I feel like we're the team, we have a target on our back, and we've been, we've, mm-hmm. we've always felt like that since day one. Um, but a target isn't going to stop us from doing our job to get where we're trying to go. We we have one goal in mind, and right now all we see is all we see is blood. Like we we we're coming for anything that is that we're capable of getting. All right. So uh, our predictions originally, uh, I believe, uh, with me and Mark. Uh, it would be Oklahoma, New York Wolves, because they're, they're pissed off from last year being bounced out of the playoffs, and they're kind of hungry right now to try to get into the playoffs. So uh, we'll see if it comes out true. That's for our prediction. But round one, T. Um, Singleton's Lady Force will be taking on the Sun City Stealth, and that's going to be an intriguing matchup. Sun City had a pretty decent season as well, so they're looking forward to obviously moving on. And then on the other side of the bracket, Nebraska or Austin. So interesting uh, matchups, D2 right there. Um, uh, shout out to Leonard uh, Bullock, your coach. Uh, awesome job, coach, on both sides of the ball. Shout out to the ballers on your team for doing an awesome job all season uh, and taking down two pro teams as well along the way. Um, so, uh, T, I mean, like I said, you're no stranger to this. You're, you were in Cali for many of times. So this is it. It's, it's getting it done, right? Now we got to get it done. We got to get it done. Yeah, um, it's one of those things where you're so close to it, um, you taste it like like you like your adrenaline is just it just doesn't stop. 
So for me, um, all those years of actually being close and not getting there, you know, it's tough, but it makes you play your game a little bit harder than what you normally do because now you're right there and you got to get there. You know you got to get there. It's kind of like it's a no-brainer, like you have to get there. Yeah, and the opportunities are, you know, two times here. So um, I know Elizabeth's going to get the job done because she's done it all year. Yeah. I don't expect her to sit yeah. down now. So, uh, and then uh, Tamara, of course, right? So the three-headed duel yeah. is what Sen City will have to face and kind of adjust with. So, uh, Tia, I hope you're excited. We're excited. We're ha- uh, happy that you were able to come on and give us a taste of what the Lady Force is all about. And we're craving that June 24th first matchup in the American Conference against the Sun City Stealth. And we're also anticipating, obviously, a, a rematch either versus Nebraska or Austin. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, anytime. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, outstanding uh, career so far for you. Awesome, awesome season. Uh, shout out to your uh, to your teammates. Uh, shout out to uh, both sides of the ball. And uh, so, you know, the road to Canton continues for the Lady Force. Uh, it starts on June 24th. So thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it and making uh, the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. I enjoy it. Thank you. All right, guys, there it is, the T. Singleton, former uh, Cali War uh, running back and now the uh, one of the three – tier monsters of the lady uh, Oklahoma City Lady Force, and they're, they're going to be taking on uh, Sun City Stealth uh, in round one of the WFA Division II playoffs. It's on June 24th. Um, the bracket is set. Our own Mackenzie Brooks uh, out of the Nebraska Pride in the playoffs, so we're rooting for her too. And so uh, they're taking on the Austin Outlaws. Uh, and the clashes there, we have Oklahoma can get past Sun City here, uh, we get a rematch either way, uh, whether Nebraska moves on or uh, Austin's going to win. Uh, the rematch is there for the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Lady Force. And what better treat for Nebraska or Austin uh, to try to take down the undefeated Oklahoma Lady, uh, Lady Force team in the second round, one step to Canton. So let's talk about it here with the backseat coach, a.k.a. Mark Simone. Mark, uh this is it. This is kind of juicy, don't you think? We got Mac could could go up against the the Lady Force, and you know, in round two. That's right. That's right. Um, and um, not to jump too far ahead, but yeah, I would put my money on those two teams to face each other in the next round. But we got we got a games to play before that. Um, but I do want to say that uh, well, I was very, like very impressed with, um, you know, how T spoke about her team. And you can kind of tell just by listening to her, you, like, I haven't seen them in action. I don't know them very well. You can tell by the way that she talks about them, that they're, they're a good team, that they have a good organization there. Um, so, I mean, just by virtue, I kind of feel like she, she's a very good spokesperson for the team too. I'll, put, I'll mm-hmm. like to give that compliment to her. I feel like, you know, any women who, are, who listen to that, might you know if that's their thing they they might really be attracted to to go you know play for OKC it sounds like a you know good program to get you know hooked up with and um I'm looking forward to their um you know upcoming seasons their playoff run here I'm really interested in seeing what they can do 
So, Mark, uh, you know, this is always a year where we get cry foul, right? <laughs> How could we be defeated and not make the not make the playoffs? Uh, this year it's Orlando. Last year was the New York knockout. We're talking D3 specifically because nobody in D2 or D1 really complained at this point, but it's, it's the D3 uh, effect once again <laughs> uh, for certain teams. Um, but uh, Massey does have a tendency to take into account a lot of factors, right? So even though you're blowing right, out sure. your, your schedule doesn't necessarily mean you, you will arrive for an opportunity to, to go to Canton. Uh, Orlando, great season. Just, uh, I, I guess, uh, you get edged by uh, the Coyotes. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Coyotes and uh, Virginia um, mm-hmm. are, are the teams that are going. Or Orlando, um, you know, I personally don't think that they, I, they had a great season. There's no denying that. But I'm not sure that they really have a gripe about not being in the playoffs. Um, you know, after all, um, the uh, uh, Virginia Panthers – for um, they, you know, they went. Are they Firehawks now? Is that what it is? The, the Firehawks. Um, but Virginia Firehawks, is. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was Panthers. You know, if I'm correct. I'm not really sure. Um, they, they did go undefeated after all, and Orlando mm-hmm. was five and one. They did lose a the game. Yeah. And I mean, the the simple fact of it is that if Orlando had beaten Palm Beach. You know, in their last in their last game of the season, you know they would be the ones in the playoffs. That's the way it mm-hmm. goes, man. That's that's regular. That's kind of regular football, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you don't if you don't win, you know, if you don't win the game you need to win, you don't reach the playoffs. You see it play out all the time, you know, in the NFL. And I think so, it's just a, a tiebreaker mentality. So I don't think they're yeah. griping that bad because it is a tiebreaker. If you beat the, no. both of their, but, if you beat them both times then there would be yep. no question where you would have arrived. That's right. Um, you know, it, it remains to be seen, you know, how competitive either of those teams are going to be down the stretch. Um, and, you know, I just, I just think about what a huge difference it is to, um, you know, whatever, 15 years ago when we started, you know, following the, uh, the, the game. You know, Orlando was perennially not a playoff team. <laughs> Nobody yeah, ever no, no. expected they, them they to were go bad, to the playoffs. For sure. Right? And, and, and now they, they expect to be there. Um, and, you know, there's an expectation that, that they're going to be a good team every year now. And what I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. – let's just step back for a second and, and really think about that, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing stuff. You know, I don't think the fact that they – you know, didn't reach the playoff this year really changes anybody's attitude about the Orlando anarchy, right? We expect that they're going to be a tough team now. I mean, that's just quite a uh, uh, commendable achievement. You know, it takes, you know, it takes a long time to really, like really build a successful program and, you know, one that's, you know, um, perennially a tough team. So kudos to them. And then we got to give kudos to the main mayhem. A season off, and here we are in the playoffs. That's right. Yep. Um, you know, uh, another good example of, of just having a, a solid foundation 
the owners of these two teams are like are just are really are really the rocks that that the whole thing is built on and um they're doing a great job it's great to you know as yeah, someone from Maine from the state of Maine you know I'm psyched to see the Maine mayhem in the playoffs and uh get another crack at the New York knockout and then New York does get their opportunity this season they arrive here. They obviously readjusted their scheduling, Mark, as you can tell from last year. There were more, mm-hmm. more emphasis on scoring, so uh, they did deserve to arrive here based on Massey and based Absolutely. on scoring. So you gotta you got to play the system, right, Mark? you got to know how to play the system. Right. I mean, the main difference between uh, last year and this year for the knockout is they did all the, you know, they did all the things they needed to do to get to the playoffs, which was, you know, um, win games and, and play some tough teams. And, and they did both, you know, this year. And here they are. Thank you. The dynamic. Yep. Imagine that. And then, Mark, uh, the Coyotes, no stranger, WTFL champions more than once. Now they go into the dance for the, uh, on the big stage. Virginia revamped a little bit. So kind of a new squad, but not so much. Uh, you know, because yep. you know that realm of Virginia always has plenty of players in terms of teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, a, it's an really. intriguing matchup here. Uh, if the Coyotes get past this round, they will either face a very tough, you know, either or New York knockout or Maine squad. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. Um, you know, both of those teams in, in that matchup are, you know, relatively new or relatively unknown. I think Palm Beach is, I think this might be their third year in existence. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but first year, um, playing in one of the larger leagues and in this case, WFA, and they've had a good season. I mean, we don't see too many teams kind of walk in and get a five on one record. Um, you know, even in, in D3. So, um, obviously they're, you know, competitive team. And I, I really think just by virtue of, of, their record and the fact that, you know, um, they kind of edged out Orlando in, you know, into a playoff spot that they have a very legitimate shot of reaching the, the uh, championship game and, and even winning it. I'd be impressive for them, uh, you know, winning the sure. WTFL, would be like I think first team to do that and, and to go into the WFA and win a divisional ch- championship as well. So, so that'll be – we'll see if that happens. Um, on the other side, Mark, uh, New York Banitas, I mean, New Mexico Banitas, uh, they, their claim to fame is uh, completely demolished the – I mean, they tore down the Mile High Blazes' uh, spirits, basically, because that game was the fighting factor for Mile High not to, you know, get a shot at the playoffs. So uh, now they get to face, I think, Sioux Fall as the Rocky Mountain Thundercats. Of all teams, yeah. And then on the other side, right. you get CS Falls, who've played pretty competitive all season, uh, taking on Zydeco Spice, which is pretty scary team. They're pretty good so far. I mean, they've been pretty good all season. So on that other side of the Pacific, uh, some unknowns. Basically, we won't. It's kind of like a flipping a coin here. Who's going to move on? Um, yeah, you know, I I, I agree. I, it, every every team has had sort of their impressive moments and um, some not so impressive moments. So, and, and a lot of these teams are kind of new to the playoff 
picture, right? Um, mm-hmm. Certainly not the Zydeco Spice. They they have been here before. Um, they really sort of flew under the radar a little bit, um, and but pulled off like um, you know a pretty uh, big win and played Arlington tough. Like they really kind of turned it on at the end of the season. Um, did the Zydeco Spice and and they can credit that for their birth into the playoffs. So, um, you know, I wonder if their experience having kind of been here in this position before might be an advantage for them. Yeah, it could be a close matchup there. Uh, Let's bring in Terry uh, into the mix here. Terry, what's going on? How are you you boys doing? Good to hear Good to uh, talk to you again. Yeah, we got no alcohol, so sorry, buddy. We're good. <laughs> Pardon me while I take a sip of this tea. Mm. Yeah, the tea. No alcohol, but the tea. Uh, Terry's all about alcohol. I know right after every game, it's got to be all about alcohol. Oh yeah, <laughs> buddy, that's what I'm known but for. But you're improving. So you're improving known. health. You said you, you uh, on your posts on your stories. You have deviated from that alcohol, and you're going into a better, healthier state. So we commend you. Yeah. Yeah, down 15 pounds. Watch out now. There you go. Um, so, Terry, we're talking about D3 and then um, pretty much kind of set in that way. But, um, you know, the Pacific's kind of up. you got to flip a coin here. Benitas, that big win against Mile High, Rocky Mountains, played pretty decent to arrive here. Snow Leopards um, and then Zydeco. So I think the two favorites out of here uh, that we expect maybe New Mexico against Zydeco. Is that what we're looking for right now? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not well versed in Zydeco this year. I, I heard what Mark said about them having a strong finish, um, but I, I would say that the Benitas should be favored pretty heavily um, versus Thundercats because Thundercats lost to the Mahai Blaze 35 to zero, and the Benitas beat the Blaze. So difference. So I, I feel pretty yeah. confident that the Benitas will advance. So that's going to be interesting matchups there. Um, so we're looking at you know round one. In both the D3 realm, we got standard barriers uh, in the northeast, and then we have brand new brand new squads in the southeast. Midwest flipped over again. Pacific, so interesting there. Uh, Mark, let's uh, let's dive into uh, what uh, our guest. We just let it go. T Singleton, uh, impressive defense, number one defense, number one offense in D2. That right there is a big statement. So if you're Sun City right now. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I have to tell you this. You got to do some homework because they're coming and they are usually on, in sync. Uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, you know um, that they're on top of their game. And um, also, I mean, T also mentioned that they weren't particularly happy with their own performance in their last regular season game against Austin. So you also know. They're they're going to come out um, and want to be very very sharp. So um, I definitely think they're a pretty strong favorite in this uh, game against the resurgent Sun City Stealth. So the only thing I'm saying, Terry, is uh, Sun City has not seen Oklahoma or a team like Oklahoma. I think the closest team they've saw against like Oklahoma would have been Mile High this season on their schedule. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma <clears throat> in the first half of the season, I, I thought they were they were clear favorites to win the D two championship this year, but 
Um, it might it might have been that game against Austin. There was a game late in the season where I was surprised by the final score. Like it, they they won the game, but it was way closer than what I expected. And so I'm not sure what to attribute that to. I'm not sure if that's because they didn't travel well, they had injuries. I mean, who the hell knows? But um, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that kind of gives me pause. But with that being said, I don't think um, I, I think it's very unlikely that they don't beat Sun City Stealth. Um, then the question is, do they make it all the way to the championship? And how do they fare against teams like the New York Wolves or Atlanta Rage? Yeah, it's going to be a good question. But uh, I think if you're looking at Sun Stealth, Mark, uh, you got a game plan for, you know, basically a complete unit because they've been playing really good all season. So, uh, Sorry, won't you excuse me while I drink this cup of tea? Mm. <laughs> Uh, there's pretty much nothing that you can do. You just gotta, you just prepare the best you can. Hey, you know they pulled out an upset, I think, earlier in the season. So maybe they can, you know, may, maybe Lightning can strike t- twice here. Um, but I, I'm just gonna just have to say good night and um, put my money on OKC. Yeah, if they got, if they got to play as good as they played against Rocky Mountain. I mean, 32 points. But I doubt they're going to score that many points. That's what I'm saying, because that defense is so tough. Um, Terry, uh, Max, Nebraska Pride have played pretty decent schedule all season, you know, and then they're going up against Austin. So, you know, OKC punches it in here. Uh, this, is a, this is going to be a rivalry game in the second round. And either, you know, if you're Nebraska or Austin, you know that. You get through this, you get one crack at tearing down Oklahoma and sending them home. Uh, after an impressive season they've had. Yeah, that game is a little bit tough for me to call. Um, I agree that Nebraska has played some quality football this year. Um, some, of the, some of the games against pro teams were not competitive, um, but most of the games were competitive, if not wins. So I, I, because Mac is one of our co-hosts, I've, I've um, kept an eye on the pride, but I haven't cl- paid as close of attention to Austin. And so because I haven't, I can't really speak on the strength of their team. And so it kind of gives, puts me in a little bit, a little bit of a crapshoot area as far as predictions. <laughs> but um, because Nebraska's played some decent football in most of their games, I'd give them the edge. Uh, but that's with me not knowing a lot about Austin, just to be honest. Mark, uh, I, think, I think you have to go maybe – I mean, Austin did play them tough, and I'm pretty sure they have a blueprint for holding them down, as to uh, Terry's point, unless they were drunk at the bars in Austin. Had a night off. <laughs> That's the only other option you have. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I I think I I kind of think that Nebraska is probably the stronger of of the two teams, and um, it is great to see the Outlaws in the, in the playoffs here. But I, I think Nebraska is going to edge them. I, um, you know. It just really comes down to kind of a gut feeling, um, and also I don't want to make Mac mad at me. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. Oh, we'll have Terry do that. He, he can handle it. Yeah, yeah. We're old people. <laughs> the salty, the salty one strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Terry, if you look on paper, uh, the Pride do have the better offense, and then they do also have the. Uh, I believe they have the better defense if you look at it on paper. So there's edges there to favor Nebraska, basically. Yeah, I would go with, with Nebraska with the, the information or the limited knowledge that I have. So we'll see. 
we'll see if we're all right about that. And Nebraska punches their ticket to um, most likely pay, play OKC in, in round two, like you said. All right. Yeah, um, the pr- you pride are averaging up. like three scores a game. So, um, yeah, I definitely think three scores is going to be enough to win this game against Austin. Yeah, I agree too. Um, uh, Terry, you talked it up. Columbus taking on Baltimore. Baltimore has a history of collapsing in the playoffs. I hate to say that, but, you know, reality is reality. And Columbus, former Detroit Venom and Detroit no, not, not relevant. So, I mean, that tells you a lot about Columbus. And they play tough all season. So, you know what I mean? I do. I do. I think um, Columbus has been a nice surprise this season as far as how well they've played. Um, obviously, starting the season with a win over Detroit, it was huge for them. Um, even though Detroit's probably the uh, the weakest team in, uh, in the pro division, in my assessment, uh, but still, nevertheless, it, it's his former team. Obviously, a robbery there, so the season was good, and then the rest of the season has went pretty well. I mean, when they played pro teams, obviously those are those are harder to compete against. But I, I can't remember scores that uh, were embarrassing for Columbus aside from some pro games, and so I would give them the edge versus Baltimore. From, from my standpoint. And I know Baltimore has a very good defense. You know, I think it was ranked number four in, in the whole division two, and their offense is ranked number four. So this is kind of like an evenly matched um, matchup in a defensive sense uh, for both teams. They're pretty evenly matched in terms of stats that we, that we can review. And then offensively, uh, Columbus has struggled offensively, where Nighthawks have not. So, if anything, um, this is an opportunity for uh, Baltimore to really uh, redeem themselves this season. Yeah, is, is the game in Columbus? I believe the game's in Baltimore, if I'm correct. Okay. No, actually, it, in... it, is, in, it is in Columbus. Columbus is actually a number one seed in, okay, in the yeah, East right. for Division Two. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah, Mark's right. I'm wrong. Yep. So, the fact that it's in Columbus helps them a little bit. Um, and... I don't know. I mean, Baltimore definitely could win, but I just feel like the Columbus having home field advantage, uh, even though their offense has struggled. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but if, if Columbus has a good defense, defense wins championships. So I think that could kind of even things out uh, to combat Baltimore's uh, good offense. So we'll see. I mean, I'm going with Columbus, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, if Baltimore looks better on paper, maybe that, that will come to fruition. I'm actually uh, Mark, going with uh, Baltimore. I'm going with Baltimore. You're going with Baltimore? Um, yes. Um, and But it's, this is a, this is what you want to see in the playoffs, right? You want to see a mm-hmm. number, a one you know seed and a number four seed be so close in competition that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's debatable. Cause I'm saying Baltimore, but I'm also saying it's close, right? Um, yeah, the, the Columbus has had a great has had a great season, and um, they put together some great wins. Um, Baltimore, you know, for their part, they won all the games that they were you know, quote unquote supposed to win. Their only two losses were against the New York Wolves, and they were still close games. So you know, given that you know Baltimore, you know 
has kind of won every game that, that they're allegedly supposed to win, including a regular season matchup with the Columbus Chaos, which they won 8-6. to six. I'm just, I'm just going to stick with, the, with Baltimore. That's where I'm kind of coming from. The only edge I'm going to give them is, 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 off, is offensively, to your point, Mark. So if Baltimore comes in, plays their role, plays their game, uh, offensively they will win this game. You know, so I think that's an edge there. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be a believer, I guess, of the Nighthawks. See if they prove, Ooh. see if they, they, go, they get over the hump. You know what I mean? See if they get over the hump this year. I'll be a believer based on offensive stats. But I think defensively they match up equally. So, but offensively the the better team looks like it's Baltimore. So we'll see what they come up with, right? Um, Mark, New York. Got ousted by themselves last year because of their own doing. They arrive here. Uh, Danielle Ayala obviously would love nothing better to, you know, arrive in Canton. So the only obstacle will be the Atlanta Rage, which have been pretty good. Right. Uh, that you know, for a first round matchup, that seems like a pretty tough matchup, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we've been talking about. Um, you know, New York on and off a little bit. And they've been kind of flying under the radar, as mentioned. Like, a lot of people have been talking about them. But, you know, they're still, they're still winning games, you know, just the way they, they did last year and the year before that. So, um, it's, um, you know... Pardon me while I have a sip of this tea. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with my computer, Oscar. But uh, yeah, I, you know they've been perennial favorite. New York has for a long time, and with Atlanta, you know this is their first year. They're kind of an upstart team. Terry and I were talking about about this that you know we're considering. You know, we were wondering should be they. You know, are they the favorite in the East? And and they may very well just be. Uh, this is like shaped, definitely shaped up to be a huge um, battle here in the first round. Which so this is pretty exciting. This is the one we got to circle, Terry, because this is the most intriguing one of all of them. Because we don't know what Atlanta is all about and how they're going to compete. Absolutely, these these are like the um, the funnest ones to talk about because we know New York's very good. We know that Atlanta's good, um, but then how how do they? How do they look? You know, when they don't have common opponents, stuff like that, and they haven't played each other, it's just really hard to tell. But we, well, what we do know is New York's very good and Atlanta's very good, and I can't wait to see who uh, pulls it off. Yeah, this Amen. is going to be an exciting. Uh, my coin toss is um, ATL will edge New York by six because I think we're looking at two defenses, uh, and the only thing that's going to stand in their way is uh, the New York defense would have to step up because offensively they're equally the same. So which defense is going to uh, make a play to maybe, you know, edge them? So I don't think this is going to be high-scoring affair so much because I think they're evenly matched. So so uh, I will go with um, – I guess we'll go with Atlanta. You know, I know Danielle is probably listening to me right now, but, you know, go, <laughs> go get them, Danielle. Yeah, I mean – I think um, on paper, New York should win that game just based on experience. I know Atlanta has a good mm-hmm. team and a young team with some with some first year players, and so that should be that should, that should be the difference in the game. But with that being said, I will not be surprised at all 
if Atlanta Rage pulls off the upset. So yeah, I, I'm, that's that's one of the most anticipated games for sure in this round of playoffs. Yeah, that's what that's what we're looking at right now. I mean, uh, they're both equal, equally matched. So like I said, more than likely they'll get edged, you know, by less than a touchdown or something like that. I mean, they're they're playing pretty good ball. Um, I think New York, uh, based on stats, they're only giving up 6.8 games on defense, and the Rage only 12.3. So that's just one mistake, right? One, 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 one uh, turnover, and maybe that's yep. the difference. Because offensively, they're yeah, both the same, 30.3 right. and 28.8. So it's got to be defense yeah, that's, that's going to figure that out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on to the pro, people. And uh, Boston will not fall. Mark, is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> I don't even think I had to tell you that. Because you already know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that, Amanda? Um, uh, DC is going to put up a fight, man. Uh, that I do know. Uh, yeah, like DC we already said, like, they're, they're coming. Like they, they're, they're not like afraid. Re-ener- they're re-energized. They're, right? They want to be the shockers um, of shockers. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You know, of course you do. Um, and um, but you know, I just think Boston's going going to win. They're just going to outpersonnel them, out like outmatch them. Um, and, but we are definitely going to see some, I think, some very exciting plays on, you know, from both teams. What, you know, what more Terry, can you say than that? Terry, no strangers. This is a, 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 a no stranger matchup, right? This is the expectation almost oh. every year. So this is if you're DC, is what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're DC, Lexi said, Hey, they've been improving, improving. And the last two weeks they've shown it, right? They've been Pittsburgh. They just trounced yeah, Detroit. Absolutely. So maybe they do show up. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's here. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Terry. Well, the, here's the thing. Um, the intriguing thing about this matchup is DC went from giving up over 80 points to Boston to finishing the season strong and whooping not only the Pittsburgh passion. Well, I mean, the, the Detroit, Detroit Venom, my point is they finished the season very strong. And so when they got handled by Pittsburgh early, they rectified that by handling Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. The intrigue is D.C. is playing their best ball towards the end of the season and hitting their stride when it, when it matters the most in the playoffs. And so that's why this game that, – that's why it makes this game interesting. I agree with Mark that Boston should win and, and probably will win, but I, they definitely won't score 80 points again. So the question is, what does the margin look like when DC is playing a higher level of football. And so yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how much they can bridge the gap. So we're, they're going to allow 32 points and that's it. That's it. And they're going mean, to be angry for allowing 32 points. Well, we talked in the, in the podcast chat about how it's crazy when you're talking about teams like Boston and Texas how yep. like a twenty a twenty point margin is news, which sounds crazy because it's like they won by twenty points. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't that, that close. But for those teams and the dominance in both leagues, that actually is like noteworthy. So you wonder if Pittsburgh was able to stay within twenty points of Boston, um, what is that like? What does it speak to? And Mark could probably answer that. Was it just Pittsburgh coached their asses off and they just played a hell of a game and kept it kept it competitive, or 
did. Boston kind of let their foot off, off the gas and kind of coasted because it's the end of the season and trying to stay healthy for the playoffs, maybe play their backups more. And so that, that's, what, that's the questions that you ask yourself, which makes the game against D.C. a little bit intriguing if you try to look at it from different perspectives. Right. Um, absolutely. I, I mean, from, from my per- – I, I can give you some perspective on – Yes, please um, do. <laughs> Boston's, Boston's matchup yeah. with, um, with uh, Pittsburgh. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's quite funny because in, the, um, in Oscar's interview with T. Singleton, she right. actually had mentioned, um, you know, her team's not performing very well against – Austin and, and you know that you know, Oklahoma City just was you know they weren't they weren't happy with their own performance right um, yeah same you you uh, you know I heard the same sort of thing from um, several Boston players um, um, af- after that game in Pittsburgh uh, I mean so a Pittsburgh you know brought they brought it so yeah kudos to them um, yep you know. Uh, of course they did, um, but you know the Boston Boston's players didn't really feel you know in sync or that they were doing um, they weren't doing all the right things when they were supposed to do them, and so they were disappointed a bit in themselves and felt like they weren't uh, did not play up to their own standards in that game. Um, mm. If you go to the Boston Renegades website uh, and look for a game recap, um, you'll see a write up. Uh, with quotes from several players and the coaches. Uh, I posted that yesterday, so you should be able to read that there. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can get more details on that. Um, But as far as the Divas go, I mean, you're absolutely right, Terry. Um, You know, they finished the season strong. And um, they're, you know, as a a fan of the Renegades, it's kind of nice to see uh, D.C. three times a year used to happen almost every year. And Oscar knows this going back, um, you know, three times a year. And only in the last couple of years, I, I think we've, you know, we didn't meet up with DC in the playoffs for a third time. But, yeah, you know, right. I think they're better and they're back. They're just back in that, you know, um, back in that scene. And, and so they're, they're make you know, they're on an upward trajectory as a team. Um yeah. I, you know, I'm feeling so much a lot better about the Divas um, here at the end of 2023 than I was last year. So it's good to see their competitiveness. And, you know, they're going to bring it. Like Pitzer brought it, like, in the last week of the regular season. DC is going to bring it. Yeah. And yeah. we've got to be ready. And that's that's what it is every time. So, um, you know, you know, a battle. And I, I expect Boston to come out on top. Yeah, and to that, before we move on, Oscar, to Mark's point, like, you know, we've joked in, in previous podcasts about like a team, a team as prestigious as Boston Renegades having an off game. And then the ne- them the next team that they play, watch out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause they're all pissed off. Right. They're all, they're it's all the Tom Brady effect. And so, <laughs> and so that's, that's another way to look at it. Like, Hey, buckle up DC. Cause Boston's not only prepared, and they have a great program, but they're also not in a good mood. And so that's right. they yeah. that, uh, make up for something, right? Right. They left yeah. them. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out psych- um, psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's a, it'll be the Tom Brady effect. And 
that's the worst case you can have for DC, right? It's like pissed off mode. Um, Mark, uh, if you're Alabama and if you're Pittsburgh, if you're Alabama and you take down Pittsburgh, then you will get to face the monsters of the East <laughs> and introduce yourself to the best team in the WFA if it all right, turns well, out I, right for you. Hey, man, like, really, let's get real. How happy is the Alabama Fire right now? Dude, they they're made happy. the playoffs, and they're, they're hosting the playoff game, right? Yep. Awesome. Yep. I mean, that's – you can't really ask for any better, you know, um, any season, right? Um, who they face after that, you know, is, is another story. But, you know, hey, you know, kudos to the Fire. Um, and it was really quite interesting um, – on just a side note, how how many teams changed positions, right in the seating, due the Masseys, um, just in the last in one week of play. Um, yep. So Alabama gets that number two seed in the East for WFA Pro, and they get to host the Pittsburgh Passion. Yep. I think this is a good a good matchup, uh, Pittsburgh. Obviously, it must must get this win. It's just this is the way it is, right? Got to get a win. And Alabama is a statement game. Take down Pittsburgh, the statement game, and then maybe you you get the opportunity to face uh, the luxury of the Boston Renegades. <laughs> so that's the nether the nether barrier. Um, <laughs> Terry, on the other side in the American Conference, if you're St. Louis, Cali War in the way, and then Cali. Thought they just okay. We had it in the bank, and guess what? Minnesota says no way. <laughs> it's like you get edged here. Yeah, um, I'm not too surprised. I, I, I early in the season, I kind of thought <clears throat> Cali War with good numbers and some of their scores were really impressive. That they might be one of the best teams in WFA behind Boston, but as the season progressed. Um, it became more and more evident to me that the more impressive team was St. Louis, especially with lower numbers. I thought that Cali would beat Minnesota, um, but I'm not not at all surprised that Cali ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Game and not and not giving up was the difference. And so, um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I definitely have St. Louis as the favorite um, coming from. The uh, other side, and then Boston, obviously, from this side. But I think that matchup you just talked about, Pittsburgh versus Alabama, is super intriguing. It's right up there right up there with New York and Atlanta and D2. Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to see – I'm kind of rooting for Alabama because, no offense to Pittsburgh, but, you know, we've already seen Boston play Pittsburgh. Uh, but we have yep. not seen a team like Alabama play Pittsburgh, or uh, Boston – um, and same thing with St. Louis. So these teams that have these smaller rosters that get really good results and play good football, I'm most intrigued by, and that would be St. Louis and Alabama. And so it would be cool to see hey, Boston have Terry, to play both of those. You're trying together. to put A1 steak on a on a steak that was unflavorable. You want to put some flavor into it now, right? <laughs> That's right. Let's do it. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, Terry, if you're Minnesota, you get that big win against Cali. Houston, you want the revenge game, right? If you're Houston, this is the revenge game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm friends with the defense coordinator of the Houston Energy, 
And I remember him posting right after the playoff bracket was released. He's like, this is the game we want. Let's go. And so mm-hmm. they definitely are, are looking forward to the rematch. I think they lost the first game, something like 28-14. to 14. So it was a competitive game. Um, I think that, will, that one was in Minnesota also. And so going to Minnesota is not ideal for a team from Houston. Um, but, you know, there's no excuses. You're in WFA Pro for a reason, and uh, nobody cares, basically. So if it comes yeah. to who's injured or who's out or if you have to travel, nobody cares. All, it's all about results. Do you win or lose? And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if Houston can get that revenge versus uh, the earlier loss. I, I'm with you. I think the favorite is St. Louis here. And then uh, if we have an upset, uh, it would be Houston. But given how Minnesota played this, this last game, I think it's going to be a tough outcome so they're going to have to play their best ball in terms of the energy against the Vixen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. So it's going to be um, Minnesota versus Cali. Is that right? No, it's uh, Minnesota versus Houston. Minnesota versus – yeah, that's what I thought, the rematch. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I mean, they, they won 20, 28 to 14 for a reason. Being at home does help. But Houston's no joke. I mean, they put up some crazy scores this year. So – they definitely will have yep. a, a better effort. So it's going to be an intriguing matchup. And Mark, uh, you see it the same way? People. Well, you, you know, I, I definitely think – What? let me just tell you, and this might su- surprise some people, uh, the Houston Energy mm-hmm. is number three in scoring in the mm-hmm. WFA Pro, and mm-hmm. they're number two team defense in WFA Pro. So, mm-hmm. like, kind of on paper, you look at these raw numbers and you're like, wow, like, Houston looks like they really might have an edge on the Vixen, who, you know, after the regular season are eighth and seventh, respectively, on team mm-hmm. scoring and team defense. So, the energy, like, really kind of, you know, has, has put up better numbers. But I don't know, too. Uh, Terry's point, just that big win that they had against the Cali War in the last, you know, last, you know, on Saturday, uh, that was a huge game for the Vixen, yep. and they they stuck it out and pulled the comeback in the second half, and they they have some momentum now. I think I really think that this is like a very intriguing battle. I I know that the Vixen, you know, kind of handled their business against the Energy earlier in the season. But I think this may turn out to be, like, you know, a, a really awesome game. Yeah, this is going to be an intriguing game. This is the one I'm going to circle because i got to watch that. Uh, not that St. Louis and uh, Cali are not appealing, but this is the game. It's a rematch <laughs> game, right? It's a game where, you know, the tougher team's going to move on. Uh, and then this is going to be intriguing because St. Louis maybe go up against Houston or we're going to get St. Louis against Minnesota again. Uh, not that we're counting mm-hmm. out Cali War, but that's going to be pretty tough to go in St. Louis, don't you think, Terry, to try to take down the slam on this high that they're up, they've been on? Absolutely. I think regardless of the outcome of these games, and no offense to anybody who's in these games, but um, St. Louis is the class of the West in WFA Pro. Um, so I would, I would wager a large amount of money that they will be the ones uh, facing the East champion, which is most likely Boston. In, uh, you know, to win it all. So St. Louis is by far the best team. I think they beat uh, Minnesota 24-0 to and maybe 20-0 to or something like that. 
Um, so they shut them out both times. They've only given up a pick six all year. So their defense has given up zero points in the whole regular season, which is crazy. So St. Louis is a, is a kind of a different monster compared to these other teams, but um, these other matchups are intriguing. I think that Cali, Cali does not have a good chance against St. Louis. Um, they, you know, them losing to Minnesota, especially the way that Minnesota won the game, um, is a testament to that maybe them not playing a complete game or not not being, you know, in good enough shape uh, to not get fatigued when it ma- when it matters. And so that's not going to, f- f- you know, bode well for them versus a team like St. Louis because St. Louis is hungry and they cannot wait wait to play a team like Boston. So. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. All right. So, guys, uh, everything you need to know of what we're talking about at the hub, facebook.com for slash Crown Beauties. Get your lowdown. Get everything that's happening up to the June 24th matchup, the first rounds of the matchup from the WFA on the road to Canton. So check out all the stuff there, some live streams as well there on links. And so pretty, pretty awesome. So uh, let's move into the WNFC, guys, because um, – Nate was the one that did say that Washington would upset Atlanta. And uh, to his point, Washington did upset Atlanta. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Good going, Nate. So, oh, man. Yeah, attaboy, Nate, first of all. Um, <laughs> second of all, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but on Facebook, the Atlanta Phoenix made a post three days before the, play- the first playoff game that was asking for financial help, I think it was like $24,000, to get them to Texas for the national championship. So for them to make that post before they play a playoff game is like, like I don't know, I don't know, man. Like, that's just a horrible look, in my opinion. Like, they were anticipating Terry to pay the oh, bus ahead of the what? schedule because they still got to show up in Frisco for the All-Star game as well. So, what? so everything's already yeah, yeah. baked in. Yeah, well, the All-Star game, that makes sense. But they definitely, the way they worded the post was, we're going to be in the national championship. We know it's going to cost a lot. So let's get this, let's get this bus rolling. So for Maybe them to make the that prodigy post, saw that post. <laughs> well, like, they probably did. You don't they need that did. GoFundMe anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I know Mississippi did because Mississippi is also part of that, that East tournament. And I heard straight from, the, from their mouths that they saw that post and they're like, oh, Okay, you know what I mean? And so Washington probably did also. So for them to lose that game, especially, you know, they kind of had a home field advantage, um, is really something. And so uh, that kind of – Terry, that's why we have you on here because you're so observant. You're like a, you're like yeah. a shark. You're like, well, the prodigy – I don't miss The much. prodigy probably saw that much. before you did, and they said, hey, yeah. we're nailing it down. We're getting it done. I mean, if, and so, if anything – yeah. <laughs> Terry, let's talk about this. The breakdown of the Atlanta defense, okay, mm-hmm. late in the game, gave yeah. the prodigy life, right? And the offensive, mm-hmm. uh, the the Atlanta offense was not able to do anything. So that goes to show that when push comes to shove, uh, the prodigy on the next game, if you talk about how they survived that game and then they went into the game against Mississippi, completely mm-hmm. tore down an injury. They were injury-prone, mm-hmm. right? So they played their hearts out that game. They deserved to win. And they, they, went, they went ahead and said, we're taking you down. And with, with your point, Terry, 
the ego that ATL thought that they were just going to punch it in and move on just didn't yeah. show up. Oh, man. That one's for the ages, boys. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I didn't watch Credit that game. Credit what, what, <laughs> what I was told was – so the the quarterback for Atlanta Phoenix, her name's Melise Brown. She's had a phenomenal mm-hmm. season. Atlanta's had a very good season. I think they only lost to like Mississippi. Um, so they went five and one. She, I think she's up for an award, like Offensive Player of the Year, um, which is which is phenomenal. Well, that all makes sense, right? Then you actually play a playoff game versus Washington, and you replace your Offensive Player of the Year candidate with your backup quarterback after the first quarter. So like wow, I know Renee, Perry. I actually I actually coached her in a previous All Pro game, so I have a lot of love for Renee. I consider her a friend. We've talked before, so there's nothing against Renee. But what the point is is that if Melise was that good that she's being, you know, a candidate for these big awards, how do you go away from her when it matters the most? You know what I mean? And so that's just it's crazy to me. I don't know how that happened. Um, I'm not trying to talk too much smack about the Atlanta coaching staff, but when it mattered most, that's the call that they made, and they ended up scoring seven points total. So um, yeah, at a certain point, you just have to take accountability for the results. And so it's it's a head-scratcher, and um, Atlanta all didn't. I'm, all I'm going to say is what you just stated, everybody else was watching, and they're going, what? And you even saw yeah. it on the live broadcast. Everybody's like, we're, yeah. we're getting rid of Brown for Langley? What, what What's going yeah. on, right? They even yeah. knew that. Yeah. In terms of the yeah. W score broadcast, they're like, "What are we doing here? <laughs> the big game of the know. year, and right? No, know, but I'm man. just saying, you're not the only one that ob- that observed that. Everybody else observed yeah. that when we watched the game. So, uh, I don't know what happened there, but all I'm going to say is Washington did overcome, right? Yeah. Then they go into yeah. they go, they go up against Mississippi, uh, Mark, and they were just not the team to go up against Mississippi. Let's just let's just point it out that. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, it, it just kind of seemed like that they were, like, outmatched, like, yeah. all all over the place. Like, it, it just it, – it, they just didn't have any competition, you know. They put up 26 points, which is pretty good, right? But, I mean, it was just – there was just no holding back Mississippi. Um, you know, it, it's hard to play, you know, two tough defense – you know, like – to have your defense be fresh at all after a game like they played against Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Low scoring game, like, you know, a very defensive matchup um, to try and come in and like hold back the Mississippi offense. It just, it was just seemed like too big of a task, you know, and the results are what they are. Uh, Mark, it's not even that. It was just a uh, hello, Ida Edward and, Mallory and Mc, Mc, it was so I was like yeah no <laughs> and I felt bad for them I really did because they were they were getting out they were getting outmatched and and, and it is it is tough right we're talking about back to back days almost it's a twenty four hour period and right. you're you know yeah. you basically have to recover in that sense no oh, absolutely you know in that game. Yeah, I just I keep thinking about that game between Washington and Atlanta and as a fan of like good football, that game was yeah. hard to watch. Like I saw a few like good offensive or good defensive plays, but you know, the offenses just weren't really very good. Uh and both teams just kept trying to give it the game away. It was crazy. Anyways, yeah. so end rant there. 
in rent there. Um, uh, you know, Washington, they proved the point that they wanted to make, I think. When they started yep. this season, they wanted to be at the end of the season, having gotten to the playoffs and in shown that they deserved to be there, which they did by being Atlanta. So, you know, yep. maybe they didn't, you know, fare very well against the Panthers, but I, you know, I, I think they accomplished their organizational sort of benchmark for, for this year. They just want to keep moving it so, up. So, Mark, progression, one step at a time, right? Didn't make the playoffs. Yep. We got to take down your rival. Maybe next year is your is going to be your year, right? Maybe next year is your year. Um, Maybe. If you're, Mark, if you're Houston, you had no answer for Edwards Mallory. No answer. <laughs> and I felt bad for D. Scott because as, as Tagaloa goes, Houston went, and literally that was the story. It's like Angie Wells. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out to Angie Wells playing her heart out for Houston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, she was all over the field, uh, you know. You can't def, you definitely can't, um, you know, say that the effort wasn't there for uh, the Houston Mambas. Um, you know, they just, um, you know, just found themselves in a game that they, they you know, couldn't win. So, um, you know, kudos to Houston also for having, you know, a spectacular first season, uh, you know, going three and three in the regular season and, and making the playoffs. Um, all, you know, all I could really say is congratulations, man. Great job. Yeah. Um, Terry, uh, if you're San Diego, you're on a high right now. And then if you're, if you're Utah, I don't, we don't even know which Utah we were watching because they were not the same Utah that they faced against San Diego in the first. And so, you know, all the feedback we got was, you know, defensive coordinator wasn't available. There were some changes. Um, so it just looked like, you know, uh, Utah, in other words, as a unit, was not really that good, and uh, San Diego did expose them. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I picked San Diego to win that game only because it was the third time they they played each other. And mm-hmm. last time Utah played San Diego, their best San Diego's best receiver, um, they, they call her Sacks, number two, she had all three touchdowns for San Diego. And she, she dropped a game-winning touchdown at the end of the game. So San Diego lost 22-21, to 21, but they, they, they lost by the skin of their teeth. Like, if, if Sachs makes that last catch, that San Diego definitely wins. So I figured when they play the third time, San Diego will win. You know, how they win or how much they win by is debatable. Um, but for them to score whatever it was, 48 points or something crazy like that, is just wild to me. Like, I, I would never have guessed – that they would be able to score that many points and beat Utah the way, they, the way that they did. Because once again, Utah had home field advantage for the playoffs, right? Atlanta had home field yep. play, uh, advantage for the playoffs, both of them losing round one, which uh, that's just crazy yep. to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's just, it's, it's, uh, that's like mind boggling. But to, you know, credit um, Washington and San Diego for, you know, showing up to play and having a good game plan and executing that. And so definitely surprising. Um, but very impressive for San Diego to start the playoffs with that big of a win. Mark, uh, if you're San Diego, you did such great things against Utah, then you get the elite Spartans, and somehow it becomes an NG Martin show. And they couldn't get Gonzalez going, I mean uh, Gutierrez going. They couldn't get the, re- the receiving core going. And 
somehow you become one-dimensional against the Spartans, and that's not going to work <laughs> against the Spartans. Right. Uh, you know, I, San Diego should have saved some up. You know, they they used it all up on, on Utah, you know, putting up 48 points. and um, Yeah, so that must have been a tremendous high, and then to have to face you know, Texas, um, you know, what can I say? That, that's tough. That's the hard road. But you know what? That's that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. what can you do? I, I also feel like I don't know what their game plan, what they were trying to um, achieve, you know, on particularly on, on offense, you know, against Texas. It just wasn't there. Back yeah, no, it, it just looked – it looked very different offensively when you had a good uh, running game against, and I know it's a totally different, you know, matchup, but uh, Terry, uh, your te- your season ends in the fashion mm-hmm. that we all expected. Probably, you know, we were praying for you that you were going to probably put up a good fight, but the season ends, Denver did get in and obviously uh, Texas, you know, does what Texas does, but, you know, mm-hmm. defensively you hold them to 34 points. That's pretty good. Offensively, just, like, you know, to uh, San Diego's point here, offensively, they're just – you couldn't get anything going, basically. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I want to add from the last game is that that receiver I told you guys about that scored all three touchdowns against Utah the first time, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. she got injured. Um, yeah, we know. She got injured in the Utah game, and they think, they mm-hmm. think she might have a torn ACL, so she didn't play versus Texas, which is such a huge difference. Um, to not yeah. have that receiver yeah. that could take the top off, mm-hmm. that contributed to them being one-dimensional and not being competitive versus That's Texas. what I'm saying, because that, was, that as, was surprising, right? Not to have yeah. anybody else, either Ott step up or somebody else step up. Um, it, just, it just, you know, not having your, your marquee wide receiver, just it, 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 it makes them different, in other words, and to the point where, like, they, they became just, you know, the one-dimensional, and you do that against Texas, and you're not going to win. It's like you're not. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, as far as Denver's concerned, um, I'm going to be very careful about what I say publicly because um, it's my team and I'm not trying to be disparaging to them um, or overly critical. But uh, I would say my short version of describing how that game went is to beat a team like the Texas Elite Spartans, you have to play, um, play very well and coach very well. And we didn't we didn't do those things to keep that game um, competitive, and we have to own that and learn from it for for the future. Um, but kind of is what it is, you know what I mean? Like you have to. I was proud of our players' effort. Like we played the full game, we played our asses off, um, and, and the effort from the players was definitely there. But you need a lot of things to go right for you to have a chance against a team like Texas, and um, we didn't do that, and so. You know, the result is the result, and uh, hopefully future results are different. But for now, it is what it is, and we have to just move on to the offseason and hope for better results in the future. Yeah, no, and, and I think, you know, you score on them, so that's a plus, right? You didn't, you weren't shut out. Yeah, we had a pick six. Yeah. That's a bonus, you know what I mean? So there's still a plus there. Um, so, guys, like, we broke everything down. So next week, next podcast, if you guys want to join us, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast on Apple and Sprecher preferably. Um, so next week, we're going we're gonna to break it down further. So we'll break down the, the pro division a little further in terms of key matchups. We'll break down the division two matchup. 
and then we'll dive into a little bit of the Division Three key matchups. But we're looking at a, a really good slate of the Road to Canton matchups. And then we are not surprised, right, guys, because we only got like two minutes here. But, Terry, not surprised that we have Mississippi against Texas in the final. We, we are not surprised, and I am elated, fellas. I'm elated that that, that is the matchup. In my estimation, the Mississippi Panthers are the only team in the WNFC uh, no disrespect to anybody else, but just my opinion. The only team in the WNFC that matches up well with Texas is most women's teams do not have a prolific passing game. Um, most women's teams favor the run, and Texas's defense is designed to stop the run. So a team like Mississippi is kind of a unique matchup in that they can spread you out. They have a lot of good receivers. They have a good uh, quarterback with Gore. And they basically have studs everywhere, kind of like Texas. And so they're a unique team that has a stacked roster that can match up with Texas and give them a tough game. And so I cannot wait for the rematch because in week one, they lost Texas 35 to 15, I think. Um, And so this Mississippi team that Texas is going to play is a much different team as far as what they've learned throughout the season and new wrinkles they put into their offense. And so I think it's going to be a competitive game. Um, of course, Texas has never lost for a reason. And so the, the challenge is a big challenge. Um, but I think if anybody can do it, it's Mississippi, at least for this year. And so I'm glad to see that, that they're actually in the big dance so they have a chance to knock off Texas. Uh, Mark, the storyline, QB1, right, out of Texas into mm-hmm. Mississippi rises the Panthers to another level, which Housen and Jackson couldn't do. We've arrived right. at the big stage. So can the Panthers growl and feast on the Texas League Spartans? That is the question. <laughs> that is the question. And, you know, I, I don't think I could say it any better than, than Terry just just said it. Yep. Um, and the yep. bottom line being Mississippi is the, the team that lines up best with with the Texas Elite, so hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic game. Um, quarterback play is, I think, in this game probably going to be like the feet, the sort of like the feature kind of um, showdown, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of you know what what both of those quarterbacks can accomplish, and you know a, a turnover, a pick could probably be a huge deal in this game. So I think quarterback play is really going to be, I think, central to um, how we see things play out. I really think this is the game that ever, that we've all anticipated. Will this be the moment when the first loss goes to Texas? Because that's literally the anticipation for the nine cup. So if you're the WNFC for branding purposes, this is the matchup you wanted. This is the excitement that you want to build up for that uh, for that day. So, awesome. So, Terry, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Nate Ward for predicting the Washington prodigy to take down the Atlanta Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, Mark, as always, great insights. Uh, and then Mackenzie, uh, Mackenzie Brooks playoffs, just to let you guys know, the Mac is in the playoffs, so we're rooting for her as well. And so uh, – and Holly Custis, of course, probably just taking notes now and trying to draw the playbook as to how to beat Texas and maybe send it over to Mississippi at this point because that's what she does. 
Uh, but it's going to be a great matchup. So looking forward to 452 here. Thanks to for Lexi Florida coming in here uh, and giving us some insights. And don't forget to check out a pro, uh, pro Gnostic uh, Apparel. Uh, and then also thanks to D, uh, T. Singleton for coming in here and give us the lowdown on the Lady Four. So, guys, we're out of here. Uh, catch you next week as we break it down further. And looking forward to June 24th as we build up to that. Yes, sir. I'll see you guys. Bye, guys. Have a good night, guys. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.